Hello and welcome to Movie Mastery. This is the podcast where I, John, my co-host here, Jeff, we will be discussing all of the weird movies that you give us, and we will randomly determine which one we watch every week. So, this week we have randomly rolled up D&D, Wrath of the Dragon God, or The Elemental Might, depending on what trailer you were watching, which we just did. I have been unable to find a trailer for this where it actually calls it the Dragon God. Yeah, it's weird, because also I can't find anything that refers to it as the Elemental Might, but all of the trailers say the Elemental Might. Well, we have our committed relate or our plan to never do any research around here, but if I had to venture a guess, I'm saying that this was called the Elemental Might when they filmed it, and then it sat on a shelf for five years until I found a distributor. Probably. That's that's the best guess I would give this. Alright. So uh okay. So yeah. Uh so we watched that. We just finished the trailer for this. Mm-hmm. Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts based on the trailer. Uh, I am surprised to see even one cast member returning from the first Dungeons & Dragons movie. Yeah, we got uh, Damodar. Damodal. Tramadol. Tramapal. Yep. Tramapal. Big Tramapal. Coming back to us, he appears to have lost his blue lipstick and earbuds. So, that's unfortunate. But he also appears to now be the big bad guy. Yeah, he went from being the lieutenant to the big bad guy to now being the actual bad guy. Good so. for you. You got a promotion. That's interesting. Uh, so, okay, initial thoughts based on this trailer. This looks like garbage. Uh, there's a lot of extremely bad CGI. There is. Uh, it does look like they went <laughs> much heavier into the D&D. Uh, you've got the actual in the thing. They're like, yeah, we need a cleric and a mage and a rogue. So, uh, it looks like they decided to, instead of doing, like, the original D&D, where it's two rogues, a dwarf, and elf, and the shittiest mage ever, they went with an actual party. Yeah, but they did find time to introduce to the movie a new mage as well. There appears to be two mages, based on the trailer. Uh, uh, well, one appears to be turning into the undead. She's, like, the princess, and she's also a mage or something. And then there is an elf mage that they add to the party. They don't even bother with a dwarf this time. Because that dwarf in the first one looked ridiculous. Yeah, the elf, that one elf is, as far as I can see, the only other fantasy race. Yeah, Everything's but, a human. Yeah, I mean, there's one shot of a, of a Gith Yankee or a Gith Zerai saying good times. Oh, good times. I, I wonder if it was supposed to be a Gith Yankee or a Gith Zerai. I mean, it looks like one. It's got pointy ears, kind of yellowy skin, and a, one of those, like, a bunch of heavy folds over the top of the nose. Yeah. That's what a Gith Yankee looks like, but this was made by, you know... Some people in, in what appears to be like Serbia or something. I don't think they knew. So I'm, I'm guessing that that's probably just an orc or something. Maybe. Or just a monster. Like the first one just had monsters. Like it was just oh, like. Oh yeah, it was like, what's this? I'm a purple guy with a big head. I have three eyes. Oh good. Yeah, there was just, I remember you from the monster manual. The, the first one really looked like all the scenes in Xena where she would go to like a seedy bar and there'd be like a weird monster there and everyone'd be like, yeah, we let monsters drink here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Okay, uh, so predictions. Yeah, it looks, looks much more D&D-ish. Yeah, more D&D, uh, as opposed to the last one, which is more of an adventure story with D&D strapped to it. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say that's probably to its detriment. Oh yeah, this looks like, I don't know, like someone just filmed someone else's D&D game. Yeah, or like, like someone filmed a LARP session and added a bunch of CGI over the top of it. Yeah. Uh, a couple dumb attempts at humor, I'm predicting that. Uh, it appears as though they have a, Sexy warrior woman type in it. I assume we're going to get a lot of her acting like all weird. Angry. A- angry but sultry. And and a lot of the women in this movie, based just on the couple seconds of them in the preview, have blown out 90s hair with like the Monica. Huh. I, uh, I assume I'm going to get real tired of the rogue real fast because I always do. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, he, he's got to be better than snails. No, no one can replace snails in my heart. <laughs> I'm going to die because of these snails in my heart. I, fine, but I'm still going to keep to my favorite being that dwarf. Because huh. that dwarf's not even a dwarf. No. That dwarf's just like, why do you guys keep calling me that? I'm from Portland. <laughs> I'm just a short guy from Portland. We all have these beards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, so let's go ahead and watch the movie. We will be right back with our review of Dungeons & Dragons, Wrath of the Dragon God.
All right, and we're back. That was exactly what I assumed it would be. It was very much a D&D game that was bad that someone then made into a movie. Yeah, I feel like they had the rules of D&D in their heads, and then they, they made a lot of narrative convention deci- decisions. Because by the end of the movie, it's just one guy running around, and they've, they've basically eliminated his whole party. It's like, well, the fighter can do all this. It's, well, nope, not if you've played D&D. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, so... It, what rules would you say it was based on? Uh, this... I, I'm going to say second edition. I, I gotta go with probably third. See, it could be anywhere between the two. It, the movie's from 2005, but it, it was filmed way before that. And, and, uh, I'm gonna say it's second edition, and the reason I'm gonna say that is because the, the caster keeps accidentally tel- wor- worrying about teleporting into things. Oh, that's true. And that doesn't happen in later editions. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but anyway, let's, let's set up the story of this garbage fart of a film. <laughs> so we get, we get Damodar back. And he goes and finds himself an evil orb. This evil orb apparently has something to do with the fucking. Well, we we open with a crawl with a scrawl and a talky bit, and it's Damodar talking, as far as I can tell. But he's it, basically like thirty centuries ago, a man was mean to another man, and then a man died, and then there were some other guys, and a thousand years after that. I have risen. It's like, wait, no, but it's 3,000 years ago. That's what 30 centuries is. Don't even worry about it. Oh, yeah. It's some open exposition while we have a montage of him and some dudes trying to find this thing. With nice art. It's art, so it looks pretty. Yeah. It's like pretty vaguely CGI-looking art. And, uh, yeah, he's like talking about how he needs to find this orb, and wouldn't you know it, it controls a dragon. So And it's... So there was an ancient society, and this powerful dragon, they managed to either, like, curse or magic into, like, being asleep and buried. So they're like, alright, this will be a problem for future generations. We are good, though. Yeah. And then, I guess the orb is how you wake him up. Right, and the orb has been lost to history or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember where it pops up in the movie. They find uh, it he eventually. Just, he just finds it in, like, some fucking cave or something. Oh, that's like, right. Here it, it is. It starts with him having it. It's not, it's not like he takes it from the party or something. Yeah, no, there's there's a montage of him going to find it, yeah. and then the beginning of the film is just him going, great, now I've got it. A lot of the shots of Bruce Payne, who plays Damodar in this movie, are clearly just him against a black screen, and they've they've used some filter footage and some, some uh, camera tricks to make it look like he's magicking or something. But it's mostly just him going, now I shall rule. Yes, and now. And, and somewhere along the way, he became undead? Oh yeah, he's, well, this is clearly set a thousand years later from the first D&D movie. I... Because he's like, and, and the funny thing is he keeps talking about how he doesn't trust liches, but it doesn't tell us what he is. He's all, he's undead, That we know that. He is some type of undead. He apparently needs blood to be poured into him? Yeah, like into his wounds. Like he has open wounds on his back and they siphon blood onto his wounds with one of the weirdest little asides in the movie where he asks what kind of blood it is and they tell him it's drow blood. And he's like, ah, so good. Delicious drow blood. Well, you don't see drow in the movie ever. No. So, you know, for the un-D&D initiated, that's the Dark Elves of of D&D. I, so that's, it's just weird that they decided to toss in that reference. And sure enough, that thing's a Gith Yankee. They never called it an orc or anything, so I'm sticking to my guns. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's very much Gith. It just it's, it's doesn't some, get said. It's some kind of Gith. It's a, it's either a Zerai or a Yankee. But that, whatever, great. Yeah. So he goes and finds this, and then we get, so, we have our main character who is introduced as having something to do with taxes. Like he's in charge of like the fucking treasury or something. Yeah, he's like he's like a, a board noble, and so his his. But deal- he used to be the captain of the guard, right? So he's like a board noble because he's been elevated from his previous status as the captain of the guard, and his name is Barrack, and, and he's a guy. He's a big handsome fighter. So yeah, it looks like he'd play the bad guy in a different movie. Yeah, he's uh. So, he wants to have adventures again, but he's stuck doing his dumb, boring job. He missed all the adventures he had as the captain of a king's guard. You know, staying in town, not letting anyone kill the king. Yeah, you know. We never see a king in this movie, do we? Uh, we get like a bunch of councilmen. Yeah, I feel like and... it's like a meritocracy, maybe. Maybe it's a, a, a majocracy. Those yeah, guys because are in I, charge. Think, I think everyone we see that's in charge is some manner of wizard. Yeah. 
So, anyway, he was the captain of the guard, and he still wants to be, like, a big fighty man and not have to sit behind an office desk. And So we're introduced to him going out to, like, train his officers or something. Gets oh, yeah, there's there's a current training session going on outside, and he's like, Ah, I could do this better. And then he fights his old protege. And I figured when this happened. So he, he ends up having this duel against this guy who's like, Ah, this is the guy who trained me, and there's no one better. And they have a fight. And Barrick wins, but then it's revealed, yeah, I, they both were wearing helmets with stupid feathers on top. And I had made mention of, oh man, it'd be way better if the fight was just who could cut that stupid feather off first. And then it turns out that's actually what the other guy did. And he goes, look, I cut the feather off your hat. I could have taken your head off. I just didn't want to make you look bad in front of everyone. And when that happened, I thought for sure that this protege guy was going to come back and do a thing or go on an adventure or be important at some point. Never mentioned again. Yeah, you don't see him anymore. No, it's this entire, like, big scene that's supposed to not only reveal that he was in charge of things before, but maybe he's getting a little slow, and this is his replacement, and then nothing. Completely dropped. Great. Right. So, okay. Then we meet his his mage friend or girlfriend or something, and her name's Melora. And it's the worst wizard ever. Yeah, and uh, if you look online, people have determined that she is fourth level. I don't know how. I assume probably from the summoning she does later. Even then, it would be hard to determine if she's third or fourth level. Because, you know, she's third level, she still has second level spells. Uh, so, unless she casts two of them that day. Uh, but anyway, she is awful. She's she, she fails at a cantrip. She fails casting a cantrip, and she keeps hurting herself and falling down and setting fire to things and blowing people's stuff up. She's like, I want to cast a... A spell that'll let me fix this boot. Oh no, I blew up my house! Like, it is just the worst. And yet, every time she's, she appears on the movie, she's like, You guys need to let me help! Like, to the council. I need to help, too! I have an idea and an understanding! And you can see them looking at her like, Oh, whose daughter is this? <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. And even, like, uh, the main barrack, the main guy, is just... Okay, honey, yeah, sure, you you do that. We need a wizard to go on our adventure with us. We'll find one, though. Don't worry about it. You, you've you got the creeping death. You, you need stay to, here. You should rest. Also, I'm going to say, she looks like Harmony from Buffy. Uh, like kind of, yeah. Yeah, like, like not just down to the facial structure. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is she looks like a Buffy character. She has blown out perfect hair. And is nice and clean all the way through the movie. There is nothing medieval about her. Yeah, she's... So, uh, she tries to do a spell to see what's going on with the orb, and Damodar, for some reason, is able to intercept this vision, and through the vision, steal her hair. Yeah, he steals some of her hair, and then he sits there obsessing over her hair. He's got, like, hair in his hand. He's like, yes, beautiful. Aw, yes, this this is great. I'll sniff this later. I'm going to wrap this around the base of my cock. (laughs) And then, apparently... Because he has her hair now, which he grabbed hair through the vision, which, what the fuck, is he Freddy Krueger? I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, it's But like now it... he can curse her with whatever type of undead he is. He's cursing her to slowly become that. Yeah, so apparently he's a mummy, because he appears to have inflicted her with mummy rot. Yeah, she doesn't get, uh, like, nothing falls off. She just sort of gets more gray. She turns gray and she starts to get skin that's flaky. Yeah. That's, that's, that's her undead curse. And then everyone's like, dude, you need to stay in bed because you're undead and you're going to turn evil any day now. And she's like, no, let me cast a spell that helps. I want to help out. And they're like, no, literally, if you cast a spell, there's no way for us to be sure if you're casting it or if your undead evil mummy self is casting it. Yeah, we don't know if the reason you're casting this spell is because you fucked up and screwed everything up or you are literally just trying to sabotage us. You're being mean. Let me cast a spell. I'm going to do it anyway. That's her character all the way through the film. She's god-awful. Okay, anyway, uh, so, so they, yeah, they so, have the orb, and then they send off Barak to, uh, to I forget his exact quest. Is well, it to kill Damodar? No, because they don't know specifically what's going on right now. Yeah. But they know some shit has been going down oh, yeah. in this village. A, a village is being attacked by, by something, and, and there's a guy who shows up, and he kind of looks like uh, like the doctor from Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he's he is vaguely ethnic. Yeah. It looks like Julian Bashir just a little bit. And he's, he's the only ethnic person you're going to see in the whole movie, so drink it in. Oh, yeah. yeah. He he is the only guy. Uh, one of our friends said it kind of looked like he was just wearing brown face, which yeah. the lighting was not helping with that at all. No, I, I was hoping that at best he was just medieval-style dirty. 
And, uh... From a long day's ride. And he's got an unplaceable accent of some kind. Oh, he's fantasy accent. So he pops in, he goes, Hey, they are attacking my village. My... In Soviet village. <laughs> in Soviet village, we eat dragons, but not today. <laughs> yeah, it's just terrible. Yeah. So, uh, the head is like, Yeah, alright, Barrack, you're gonna go take care of this. Not the guy who's actually in charge of things that we've already established. We're going to send our accountant out to take care of this. And also, instead of sending him with some of the many thousands of men we have, we'll tell him to assemble a D&D party. Yeah, well, we couldn't send an army. That would be too obvious. No, we need a small group of specialized heroes. Yes, and then he starts the roster introduction of the members of the party he's going to take with And it's him. literally just pulled from the trailer where it's like, well, if you're going to fight magic, you'll need magic to fight magic. So there's an elf wizard you should get. And her name is Ormeline. And if you, you're gonna need a cleric, and he doesn't even say why, he's just like, well, if you, if you need a cleric, there's this guy. Yeah, and his name is Dorian the cleric. And Dorian is the cleric of a god of wood. And so he, most of his spells and abilities appear to be around breaking wood things. Yay. He's, he very rarely speaks. He's in the movie with a weird haircut and a weird tattoo, and that's the end of Dorian. Yeah. And then he, the, the, uh, the one in the trailer that they, they kind of lampshade in the trailer, uh, is Lux, who's the barbarian of the party, who's a big hot lady. Which I'll give them that they, they go, oh, you're gonna need a barbarian. No one has ever been as fierce as this barbarian. And it cuts to a shot of a burly guy. Yeah. And then he gets his ass beat by the actual barbarian, barbarian. who is a lady. Although in the, in the trailer, it's just, yeah, she's the badass. Yeah, you can tell if you watch the trailer and go immediately to the movie, you're like, oh, but I know who it's supposed to be. Yeah, so this isn't that interesting. But again, the, oh, this person is famed throughout the kingdoms and, they're muscly and huge, and they wear leather, and they have a sword. The whole time, it's like this is a Xena setup. This is that's what <laughs> that's what I'm watching. This is just a long Xena movie. And so, Lux the Barbarian is also, uh, I guess, has some sort of tie to something in the movie. Uh, like her brother famously went berserk and had to be put down. Yeah, the, the thing is that she's. Supposed to have had four or five brothers, all of whom died when they went to some mountaintop to fight a monster together. And that's why she's a barbarian. It's not a class for her, it's a pathology. She's broken inside, and the battle rages are because of her wartime experience. Yeah. So that's a thing. And then, finally, if you want a rogue type, and they're like, if you want if, someone... If stealth is important to then you, you... Then you need Nim. None is more sneaky than this tiny man that is I dumb. know, he's, he's like Danny DeVito short. Oh, yeah. But for half the movie, I spent the whole time trying to figure out if he was supposed to be a halfling. Yeah, like, but like, is no. this a halfling? They never say it. No. Probably because they knew. They, they probably cut a scene out where they were like, I'm a halfling. <laughs> In case you were curious, I have a dexterity bonus. Yeah, except instead of that, he's, he actually just acts like Danny DeVito as a rogue. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's very straightforward. He's probably the best character in the movie. I was fully expecting to hate him, but instead. Oh, yeah. I, I always assume I'm going to hate the rogue, but instead of being the charismatic, Rogue, he's just a thief. And not even a thief. We don't steal, see him steal anything. He's a treasure hunter type. All he does is traps. Yeah, he does traps and he, knife throwing. And he's a knife guy, and his whole point is that he's just sort of cynical and a dick. Yeah, but it's nice to see uh, that they managed to put a rogue into a D&D movie who isn't constantly picking pockets. Yeah. Or, or you know, going, whoa, I'm goggling eyes over this pot, this uh, golden pot. It's none of that. He's just like, oh no, I, I just... Know He's where, a goddamn professional. I know where traps are. I'm that guy. No, he he seems like the kind of person that you could have taken this character out and put him into Tarantino's D&D film. Yeah, it would have been just fine. Yeah. Make, make, make movies about... <laughs> feet. And thieves. Feet yeah. and thieves. Well, That's... obviously, he's. it's going to be a halfling because he has to make the movie about feet. Right, but he doesn't like those feet. He likes shapely lady feet. <laughs> But this guy would fit perfectly into that movie, which we're going to call Feet and Thieves. Yay! Okay, so uh, that's the party, and then you got Barrack, who's clearly a fighter. Yeah, so they they go head out, and at one point they find this dragon in a cave, who is the dragon god, apparently. Oh yeah, they find a black dragon in a cave, and they're like, oh my god, those aren't holes in the wall, those are nostrils. And this is after he fucking lifts the dragon's eyelid up and looks at his eye, and I'm like, what are you 
doing? Yeah, he's standing there, and he actually refers to it as a colossal black dragon, which I thought was cute that he, uh, he references the proper size categories. And he's like, uh, look, at it's a colossal black dragon. Look at this. And he, he lifts its eye like a garage door. And, and, you know, the dragon's eye is there, and he's like, well, we should probably not wake this thing up. He says, well, he's got his eye open. Oh, yeah. Well, he lifts it up and then has a lantern in his other hand, which is right next to the eye. And he's like, yeah, it would be bad if this woke up. Right here. This uh, dragon that I'm shining a light into its eye. Great, thanks, thanks what, for that. I wonder if I could pee in this. <laughs> Let's see what that does. Anyway, Ugh. they put the eye down and leave. That's the end of that. And that's, that is the end of that story. Yeah, that's the end of the thing. There's the, a colossal black dragon, everybody. The end. This whole movie, the reason I said it also felt way more like someone's D&D game is because it almost entirely feels like uh, the guy directing it had a random encounter table that he was rolling on for what happened in this film. Right. Because it's just, things shows up, Something happens, completely drops, no one cares. Right, because that's the first thing they encounter is a colossal black dragon. And that's a great example of a D&D game where they're like, oh, I'm using the encounter table. Oh, you guys rolled a dragon? What kind? Well, i got to roll in a bunch of subtables. Wow, these rolls are really unlucky. All right, guys, it's something that a 20th level party would die to. Uh, uh, anyway, you still he's encounter asleep. it. Yeah. <laughs> he's asleep. Okay, I, I pull his eye open and kick at it. Uh, uh, he stays asleep because of uh, a curse or something. Would you not do this? <laughs> yeah. And so they leave, and they're like, all right, well, let's go find Damodar. And then they stop to have a little spat in the woods, because the, the thief doesn't trust the barbarian. Which, my favorite is them walking through the woods, which is just like, do-do-do-do, all right, oh, so yeah. you guys are in the woods. You guys are in the woods, do-do-do-do-do, the kind of bad DMing you get. Yeah. Yeah, but and then they sit in a field of flowers, and the, and the rogue is like, well, she's crazy, because she's a barbarian. and I don't want if she... Gonna go crazy, I might have to put her down. Well, she's very dangerous. And she responds to this by throwing a sword at him, and it misses, and she's like, next time I won't miss, stupid. And he's like, instead of, you know, he just kind of goes, don't do that. Instead of saying, see, this is exactly what I was talking about. She responded to my allegations by hurling a sword at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we, we get them wander around in the forest, and they get a couple random encounters in the forest. Yeah, they fight a, uh, a, a lich. Which they don't fight the Lich, which the Lich shows up by being an illusion of the cleric trapped yeah. under a tree. The cleric's trapped under a tree, and the and the fighter runs off into the woods to rescue the cleric, way out into the woods. So it's obviously a trap. And the fighter, I guess they're playing to type, because he's just stupid. He's just like, doot, 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 I'm going to run way out into the well, woods. Well, he failed his illusion check. Yeah. And he finds the priest trapped under a tree and helps get the tree off the priest. And then it turns out that the tree wasn't even on a priest. That there's a lich there with the biggest fake teeth in the world. Now let me let me go ahead and say I was really confused when I was watching this because I thought it. I didn't think it was an illusion. I thought the cleric literally went evil. Oh yeah. Because when he was underneath the tree, he he's changes like, colors. Yeah, a he's like, get me out, and he like gets angry and then kind of turns purple. And I'm like, oh, is he? Is he gonna like Hulk out? Is he gonna turn evil? And then he like misted out and reappeared as that lich. And I went, oh the shit, lich that's trap weird. Itself, did the lich trap itself under a tree. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, I guess this cleric, maybe he's a cleric of an evil god, and then he just freaked out right now. But and, and yeah. again, I, I hate to keep harping on old TV shows, but this lich does not look like a lich. Again, this lich looks like a monster of the week that you would find on Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, or angel in particular in this case, because he's more demon-y than, dra than vampire-ish. He's purple. He has darker purple spots on him. His mouth has such big false teeth in it that he can't close his lips over them, so they dubbed in his voice. Oh, yeah. Well, him talking is just the mouth barely moving. But then you hear this guy going, I'm a lich. I'm going to cast a spell on you. It sounds kind of like... Like if George Takei was coming out of his mouth. It's almost like he has a tape deck that you can't see, and he's just <laughs> pressing a button. And then he makes some really creepy threat, and it's to, to uh, the fighter, and he's like, uh, I have been working on a spell that evaporates your arms one at a time. Let me show you how far I've gotten on the spell that I am working on. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna, I have a spell that disintegrates limbs. Let me show you how far I've gotten. And I go, okay, but, like... You're you're still working on it, so is it gonna like disintegrate a finger or? Like, <laughs> I love the idea that it won't that, that it doesn't work in a funny way instead of a good way. Like like I, shoots I, I guess, him and then he gains another arm. And I, he's yeah. like, damn it! I guess the implied threat is that it will just disintegrate all of you. Except that's just a spell already. Like, he, like then you're just casting disintegrate you you big loser of a lich. But no, he's like, I have a spell that will disintegrate your arm. Let's see what that looks like. And and uh, if it was instead like, oh, I just got your fingernails. Ta-da! 
I cook. I took all the hair off your arms. <laughs> Actually, it looks rather nice. I, I like that. Yes. Keep it that way. But then the rogue throws a dagger at him, and they escape. Yeah, and then, and the then they're chased by ghosts. They're chased by ghosts and the lich, and uh, and then while they're running to a raft they were building, the uh, the everyone's berating the fighter for falling for it, which I thought was great. They were like, "You should have known better, you dummy." Yeah, why would you go out there? You're dumb. Yeah. Uh, again, the, one of the weirdest things about this movie is that it's very, like, occasionally, very realistic to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like, like I said, this like, is, it's, people who try to go, and we've seen a lot of the, like, we're gonna take our D&D game and turn it into a movie, and usually it's, like, little indie groups or comedy improv troops who are like, haha, we play D&D, and we turned our game into this movie. Thing is, those are terrible. Well, either that or that you have to make a lot of changes. You need to make a lot of narrative changes because, you know, the third fight against orcs doesn't really make a good dramatic axe uh, break. Exactly. So and that's have... why whenever someone tries to, like, actually just transliterate my game into a movie, or it's awful. Or anything. Any kind of media. Like, you know, the people who do good, successful live play podcast, uh, podcasts of their games... They are changing that game a lot. You don't hear the dice being rolled. The, the, ran- the There aren't random encounters. It's just, here's a story we wanted to tell, and it's improvisationally told by a group. That's a good life play game. This is this is run like the sort of thing where people are like, oh no, our game is perfect as is. Record that. Yeah, and so when they, they were trying to make a raft when they stopped in this lich attack, and they get on the raft and go across a very small lake, yeah. and it stops ghosts. That's, the, the, that's it. The ghosts are cool on not crossing the lake. They're, They're like, like, oh, no, water, no, lake. No, I'm gonna get my ghost stuff wet. I can't have wet ghost stuff. Oh, yeah. And, you know it, and also like? stops a lich. Yeah, the lich just gives up too. It's amazing. And it, again, it's a lake you, they could have walked across. Oh yeah, like you could have just walked around and gone after them. It doesn't matter. And then I guess at that point, roughly thereabouts, we cut to the uh, slowly becoming undead wizard back at. Back at, uh, central home base, and she pops in to cast a spell, and, and the, uh, this is the dumbest thing in the fucking thing. She shows up, she's like, I'm gonna cast a spell, I'm gonna start casting it, and then, like, the lead council guy comes out, and he's like, what are you doing? What are you trying to cast a spell for? You should be sleeping, you're really sick. And she's like, I'm summoning a magman! And he's like, you know, literally, he's flabbergasted, there's a, there's a pause, and he's like, why? Yeah, okay, (laughs) so this takes place in a library full of, like, books and scrolls, and they're like, okay, we're trying to decipher, we have this book of this ancient civilization that stopped the dragon to begin with, we're trying to figure out how they did it, so that we can stop it as well, and... The book, for the the record, does not mention Magman. No, but however, they go, oh, well, this old society uh, was all about fire and earth, so I'm gonna summon a Magman, because that's fire and earth, and maybe he'll know what to do. And and you can see, like, it's almost as if she's going off script, and then the other guy's trying to humor her, but not really. Because she's like, I'm summoning a magman! And he's literally like, why? And she's like, because it might help us solve the puzzle. No. <laughs> no, it won't. That it, would be terrible. It, you're just going to summon a little elemental. What is he going to know? He's going to be like, I like stone and fire. I like stone and fire. What do you know about ancient stone and fire? I like stone and fire. Do you have a command? Like, like, it's so dumb. And then, you know, everyone in the building is like, no, don't let her do that, that's stupid. And and the uh, the old council guy, who is like any judge on Law & Order, is like, well, I don't see the point of this, but I guess I'll allow it. <laughs> but you'd better be going somewhere, wizard. And so she casts a magman who immediately flips out and starts lighting everything on fire. Oh, yeah. She's like, all right, I cast a spell. And then it's like, oh, I, I, it doesn't look like it did anything. And then magma pours out of some brazier, turns into a dude... And it runs around lighting everything on fire. Including a bunch of people. Yeah, it's like, it's like it hits some get... guy's robe and he yeah. lights on fire. So, And then they put it out with like a staff that shoots water. Yeah, he casts some water spell out of his staff which destroys him. And then everyone turns to her and is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she's like, but why did you kill him? He was just trying to show us something. He's like, yeah, he was trying to show us what the room would look like if it was on fire. <laughs> you summoned a guy who is made out of magma. What did you think was going to happen? Did he answer any of your questions? Also, you summoned him, and he didn't stop and ask for any of your... Input or whatever. ...directions or anything like that. You are the worst mage. Yeah. Yeah, she summons him and he flips out and runs around killing stuff, instead of being, like, just standing there waiting for a command. It's not like she summoned a demon. You no, know, this no- wasn't Gate. The When you summon a thing in D&D... It is under your command unless you are literally just opening a portal that something walks through. So, no. 
She summoned a thing. It should have just been like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Give me a command or send me back. And instead, it runs around setting fire to stuff. And she's like, you guys turned it away off too early. It was going to do something good. It was trying to burn that book that we all need to solve this puzzle. It killed three people. <laughs> oh, my God. It's amazing. It's Oh, it's the worst. And then, okay, back to the main party. The main party finds a goblin village. Which, let's face it, there's no goblins in it, because that would be expensive. Oh, yeah. They find a goblin village where there are no goblins. Yeah. So they find an empty village that looks like it was... It's like uh, in an old-timey village, sort of a tourist attraction to show you how the Native Americans lived. Oh, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, people hundreds of years ago used to live in places like this. This is a hut built onto stilts, and as you can see... They would use the the uh, area under it for flash flood safety and as well allow a cool breeze to blow underneath the house. As you can see, these primitive tools that they used are how they would crush corn or maize. Yeah, that's the place they go because that's what they had money for. Yeah, they had but, the money to go to some terrible place. But they didn't have hobgoblin money, so mysteriously there's no hobgoblins in the <laughs> I village. I got that hobgoblin <laughs> money. Got that hobgoblin money, yo. Oh my god, I want that to be a rap lyric in something. It's like, yeah, I got that hobgoblin money. <laughs> I want the hobgoblin money t-shirt now. Oh, uh, hobgoblin money is my new rap name. Yeah, hobgoblin money is going to go right next to my one about undead who need to check themselves, white privilege. Oh yeah, that yeah, white privilege. Got that, got. got that white privilege. <laughs> Five hit dice worth. <laughs> But no, uh, Hobgoblin Money is also my new rapper. That's <laughs> yeah. gonna be my next character in a rock band game is Hobgoblin Money. <laughs> okay, no, uh, uh alright, so. So they're looking for a thing that will actually tell them where the temple that Damodar is keeping the orb at actually is. Yeah. Because they, they know Damodar is doing something with the orb. I don't remember how. Well, they're trying to get to, there was some wizard that did this uh, ritual before, and they're trying to get, like, he did something with goblins. It's all very weird. Yeah, it's all convoluted, and it feels very much like a series of scenes that aren't connected. Well, but also, the fucking... We, all we've talked about is the action, but let me just say, the amount of dumb exposition in this is also exactly like you would have to get in a D&D oh, yeah. uh, game. Yeah. Because they're like, all right... I'm the council member. I'm going to tell Barrick what your adventure is. All right, you got to get these guys together. You're going to go on an adventure. You're looking for this orb. The orb has this history. Back in the day, there was this... And he just, like, gives exposition, and then it's like, Oh, we're trying to find this goblin city. What's that all about? Well, I'm a wizard, let me tell you. Back in the day, there was this wizard, and he went to fight goblins. And in the goblin city, he made a thing that would lead you to a place that had a thing. And that's the object we're looking for. So they get inside the main goblin hut, which again is on a raised series of platform uh, of uh, stilts. Yep. Right? Confirm this for me, John. Yes, it is. It's on stilts. And then uh, it they, is on chicken legs. They Baba start, Yaga's inside there. Yeah. They start looking through the the stilted hut to try and find secret information. One of them manages to find a safe in the wall of this stick-built wooden hut, and it contained uh, I don't even remember what was in there—some garbage or something. It wasn't that interesting. And then, uh, but again, it's a, it's an inset safe in the wall of a hut made of sticks. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then we get a bottom floor panel where there is another chest down there. There's a chest down there in a enclosed space. Like, it's not made out of sticks. It's clearly, it opens up into a stone, uh, like cave that has a chest in it. And, uh, again, this is a hut made of sticks on stilts. Yep. So these must all be extra dimensional spaces. It's the only way it works. Uh, so, at that point, everyone's trying to get the treasure chest, and the rogue's like, no, 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 I'm here for a reason. Hey, barbarian, don't touch that, because it's definitely trapped. This is totally a trap. Again, this was, it's a hole in the floor that leads to a stone cave in a hut made of sticks on stilts under a bed. Under a bed that's just lying on the ground. In the hole in the bottom of the sea. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> And at that point, he starts an elaborate system of tying ropes to it and hauling it out of there. He's like, let me show you what would have happened if you had grabbed this. Okay, and so he hauls the thing up, and ten-foot-long spikes spring out of the floor of the (laughs) hut on stilts made of sticks with a stone, secret stone thing in it that's... So, ten-foot spikes come out of literally nowhere. Yep. And he's like, see, it's a total trap. I told you. And then the barbarian's like, I owe you my life, tiny weird man. He's like, no, you gave me a weapon before, so now we're even. Because you gave me a thing. Now we're friends. We, I, I learned an important lesson. You know, guys, I learned something today. 
Yeah, same lesson that they always learned at the ends of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yeah, guys, we should always be nice to that mage, even though he's a big nerd. Also, that unicorn fucking sucks, you guys. Fucking, we should, we why should do we leave have it this? behind. <laughs> <laughs> why are you a goat? You're a goat. You're not a unicorn. Get out of here. No one likes you. <laughs> you are stopping us from killing Venger, you little piece of garbage. <laughs> uh, okay, moving right back to it. So, okay, so that, this... they get the chest, and the chest has what they want. It has, like, the, the answer somehow. Yeah, so it's got the... Like, the map that will lead them to the tomb of this wizard, which will have a thing that they need to get to this temple. Now, it, yeah, it's it's not even a map to the temple. It's a map to a tomb, and in the tomb is a pool of water, and if that you they look can at look, They can find whatever they want, So because the mage can't teleport to a place unless she can see it or knows it real well. Because it's that old school type of teleport. It is not teleport without error, it is just teleport. You know, that goat from the D&D movie, uh, cartoon wants to know if you remember the 90s. Does it? Yeah. Meh. Remember the nineties? Meh. Meh. <laughs> I was I was on TV in the eighties. Meh. What? <laughs> it's a stupid Saturday Night Live joke. Okay, moving. <laughs> right, getting right back to the to the game. Uh, okay. So they find the thing, and then the traps happen, and then all of a sudden they all decide that they need to jump out of this hut. They're like monsters, and then they all do comical flips to jump out of this. I hear something coming. Ha 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 ha. And for about a minute and a half, it's just them doing acrobatics to jump out of a hut and just jump around. Rolling and, behind things. Yeah, rolling around in an open space. And there's no monster, because the monster is a white dragon attacks them. And they have enough money for about three seconds of it being on screen. So there's a lot of shots of them vaguely looking up and doing complicated flips and stuff. And then finally, after they all get settled into hiding places so that they can show this thing in a different screen than them, it pops down onto the ground and looks like a video game. Yeah, this I, this I mean, an old video game. Yeah, this is a, like, late 90s CGI-type dragon. Movies from 2005, by the way, but he's right. It's a late 90s CGI dragon. Yeah, and, uh... The dragon in Dragonheart looked better. Oh, way better. Yeah. This had no budget. Yeah. This was someone's, like, I, I'm a grad student of, like, computer graphics, and they're like, great, we'll hire you for $100 to make a dragon, sure. And it has that kind of slow, loopy motion, like, that you get in old CGI where something kind of has a long arc to its move instead of, you know, being quick or moving in a straight direction. And, uh, here is where we get the death, our first death, of the dumb cleric that never said a single word. Yeah, he didn't really get to do anything, he was just a boring cleric. And uh, he dies because he goes out and tries to cast a spell at the He's dragon. He's like, I'll stop this dragon, I'm a cleric! And then he gets frost-breathed to death. And then eaten. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he gets he gets frozen to death. You know, it's a white dragon and actually casts frost. And, you know, I gotta say, I'll, I'll give him credit, the dragon's ugly as shit. It's got predator or uh, alien-style teeth. Like, its teeth are clearly just like... It's got huge pointy teeth. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. Also, the teeth clearly have the no-clip code turned on, because they keep passing <laughs> through each other when the, when the dragon gnashes its teeth. Yep. Uh, but it does have one cool effect going for a white dragon, is that it looks like it's covered in frost, and that's why it's white. Yeah. That's that's kind of a cool idea for a white dragon to be like, oh, white dragons aren't actually white. They're dragon colored, but they have so much frost all over them that they look white. Mm-hmm. That's a neat that's a neat idea, and I'll give them some credit for it. Yeah, so uh they <laughs> we then uh, they, they have that dragon gets blown up by a lightning bolt they from kill the mage. It, they kill it with a combo attack. They use a triple tech. Because first, we we revealed earlier when the rogue was trying to open the trapped chest that he has a vial of purple uh, worm acid. Because this movie's got a lot of realistic, or not realistic, true-to-the-game magic items. Yeah, it's how he opened a lock earlier, yeah, as he, he poured some of that acid in there. He had purple worm acid from the second edition uh, DMG. He also has a gem of true seeing, and the the uh, elf wizard carries a ring of the ram. Yep, which and, will come become important later. Yeah, so a lot of them actually have real magic items. So first, the, uh, the rogue throws the rest of his acid at the dragon's chest. Then the barbarian, who so far only throws her sword. She has a two-handed sword, and every time she gets to use it in the movie, she throws it instead. Uh, uh. She's hurl this thing! And, and, uh. and well, then, she uh, took the feet throw anything, so yeah. by God, she is going to use it. So she throws her sword directly into the dragon's chest, and then the wizard pops out and lightning bolts the uh, the, the hole with his, with the sword in it. And the whole time, it's being done at the direction of the fighter in the party, which leads me to suspect he might be a warlord. Yeah, maybe. Just maybe, he's a warlord. He could be a warlord and not a fighter, which would make him way better, but also wouldn't make sense, because warlords weren't due yet. Yep. Anyway, they blow up the dragon into a bunch of chunks from the lightning bolt spell, 
And uh, oh, this also chunks out the uh, cleric. Yeah, so you, go, you get to eat. They don't rescue him from the dragon's blown up guts. Instead, you see his frozen arm land on the ground. Yeah. Which I thought, I was like, oh, cool, look at that. They confirmed he's dead. That's that's good. Good job. They don't bother picking up his chunks and bringing them with him for a resurrection spell or anything, though. No, they're way too low level for that. Yeah. So instead they give up on him, and then they go to find a statue in the woods. Yeah, here's where the grave of this wizard was, and then they get attacked by, we rolled randomly, and it was bandits. It's bandits attack. A lot of bandits. And it's not a- just a, like, oh, these are like ten bandits. There's an army of yeah. bandits, and, and they're like, hey, barbarian, hold them off. Yeah. Also, uh, we should probably do the asides that occur during all this. So let's say that the stupid wizard back home does something stupid. I don't know what. Oh my god. There's actually, and this is one of those things in the movie that, again, they set something up and I thought they were going to do something with it, and they never go back to it. So our main, uh, like, head of the council wizard is taking a bath, and he's talking to one of his assistants, and he's like, yeah, we've got to do whatever, and make sure that stupid wizard that fucks everything up doesn't get near the book ever again. And his assistant's like, yeah, sure, right away. Then he leaves and gets, like, dragged under a bed and sort of There's eaten. a huge blood spray, and you, yeah. It looks like they're trying to say, oh, yeah, that uh, the chick actually turned into an undead and is now killing people. And so she's going to be a villain now. Except, no, they show that scene, and A, never confirmed that it was her. B, if it was, she goes right back to being vaguely undead, but still an incompetent, well-meaning wizard. Yeah. And C, if it wasn't her, they don't explain what it was or have it be a threat. Well, they do have that guy turn evil at the very end of the film. So I, my well, no, that was, was that was just the lich again, pretending to be someone. Oh, you're right. That was just the lich. Yeah. So, so who? Maybe that was the lich coming in and killing that that guard, and then him and replacing him. Uh, who maybe, knows? We but don't that's know not who he replaced. Because yeah, that, that was a weird moment. It was just a weird moment that I thought was again setting something up for later in the film. No payoff. Well, I'm still willing to bet that the lich was breaking in, killing that henchman, and then you don't see him kill the guy in the bathtub, but he does, and then he replaces the guy in the bathtub. I think that might be what happened there, but Lord knows they don't know. But meanwhile, there's another aside with the lich. Because the Lich goes to visit Damodar. Which is why I don't think it was the Lich, because the Lich is over hanging out with Damodar like, Hey, I'm, I'm here, and Damodar's like, Oh, Lich, don't, don't think you can fight me, I've got this orb that has no specific power. I don't like Liches, because Liches don't trust anybody or something. I don't, if I gave a fuck about a Lich, I'd always be broke. I'd I, never have no motherfucking Indo to smoke. Instead, I'd have that Hobgoblin money, yo. I smoke trees, get Liches. <laughs> God. I've got 99 problems. But a lich is right in front of me. What do you want? (laughs) Yeah. And and the lich basically wants to watch the world burn as well. Yeah, he's like, well, I heard that you're going to plunge the world into darkness and I want to be a part of it. Yeah, I can contribute by also torturing people. That's that's basically his thing. I'm also evil, so... Like, they just didn't want... Like, they just wanted to get the most they could out of the costume they paid for. They're like, well, we made this weird lich costume. We better put him in more scenes. (laughs) We can't just have him show up for... Four minutes in one random encounter. Right. So, great. And then, uh, let's see, they, they're fight, the uh, main characters are fighting bandits at the statue, and it's just endless bandits, and the barbarian finally doesn't throw her sword. Instead, she does Xena style killing them, where she doesn't, where she keeps hitting them with the sword and they fall down, but they don't bleed or anything. Oh yeah, it's, it's very PG. Yeah, except there's a ton of blood splatters in this movie, they just never during fight scenes. Well, no, that's the only way you can do a PG blood splatter is when, you imply that something has happened off screen and then, like, blood shows up. Yeah, so instead she's just knocking down a bunch of bandits. And then she starts raging. We actually get a barbarian rage. <laughs> and the only way to break her out of her rage, because they need to, need her to come with them, and she's like, no, I have to fight these bandits. I have to keep fighting them. Bandits! And they, they're, like, desperate to get away, even though she has never been hit by the bandits. And she has killed, like, 40 bandits. And they're like, no, we need to run from these bandits! And because like, there is literally an infinite stream of them that keep yeah, pouring some, out of the forest. Someone up there has a decanter of endless bandits. <laughs> it goes to the quasi-elemental plane of bandit. <laughs> yeah. And so the wizard fires a Ring of the Ram shot at her to knock her over and, w- and knock her out of her trance. Which, I mean, come on. That wizard just wasted a charge of Ring of the Ram in order to get you out of your trance. Let's let's all give it up for the wizard here. Yeah, thank you very much, wizard. You should have just cast Hold Person, which, by the way, the Lich casts Hold Person. Like, you see a Hold Person spell. Yellow rings surrounding the fighter so he can't move. Again, they, they really did do their, their D&D homework, I guess. Anyway, they have to get into the statue's secret door, which they do by pressing an X that's on the on the 
the, the amazing inscription on this thing because the inscription on this thing is is uh, raised and not inset, which means that the letters were glued on instead of chiseled into this giant stone slab. Yeah, so this <laughs> giant stone structure has letters that you have to push in. Yeah, and so uh, so they 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 and and it's, it's they Jubilex there. Jubilex the god of the goblins. Yeah, they mention a couple of real god names. They mention Obadhai and Jubilex. They changed it to Jubilex for the movie because I guess that's more fun to pronounce. Prob- I'm fairly certain in the book it's J-U-I-B, so it's Dweeblex. Yeah, but for here it's just Jubilex. Yeah, it's Jubilex. And uh, basically they, they realize that the guy's name that the statue is of is spelled wrong on there, so they push the letter that's that's not right. And then a, a hatch opens and they get to go into this tomb. The tomb is just traps. So they get down there and there's traps. And it's time for the rogue to do something because we've... Had the wizard do stuff. We've had the barbarian do stuff. They've both fought the uh, uh, the bandits while the fighter and the rogue were trying to get in here. So now they get down. And it's like, all right, now it's the rogue's time to shine. Right. The rogue disarms a trap, and then find they find a room with a bunch of lighted floor panels. Oh, hold on. Before we get to this, let me also say this is again true to D and D because the rogue had this gem of true seeing. Oh yeah. They got to a clearing, and they were like, oh, there's supposed to be a thing here. Why isn't there something here? And he holds his genoma up, and he's like, Ah, oh, but there is, if only you could see. And then the wizard just goes, Oh, Jim Trusing, great. And then casts a spell, and immediately the uh, the big tomb thing shows up, and I go, Great, thank you for completely uh, invalidating what the rogue can do. I'm really again. glad that she never cast Knock. Like, she didn't have Knock. Because they, they mentioned during the movie that she has to prepare spells, and that her spells have verbal and somatic components. Like, she actually has to do stuff with her hands and pull out material components. So when she does this, she goes like, Malakata, Patukati, or something, and, and then you can see the thing. Uh, yep. But, but, uh, it, it's kind of cool that she's an actual wizard, and that also she actually oblivious, or makes the thief's abilities useless. Yep. There's a couple times, there's at least one other time where the thief is like, Oh, I can, I can do whatever. And the wizard's just like, Oh, whatever. I, I cast a spell at it. I, I can do care. it even better. I'm the wizard. I'm also an elf. <laughs> I got this. Oh, it's so, cool. So they find a room with a bunch of lighted floor panels, and it's actually a pretty cool D&D trap. So the whole thing is, there's a hidden mirror mirror that's pointed at the room, and in the mirror, you can see the path that you have to take, but not on the actual tiles themselves. But the mirror is hidden behind a series of sliding stone blocks, so they also have to figure out that there's a mirror at all. Yeah, so you have to step on these these tiles in a certain order, and uh, you don't want to fuck it up, and... Or, or else lightning hits you. And we know this because they brought a trap chicken! They had a goddamn trap chicken! Like, it's a the pigeon, wi- but the still. The wizard's just like, hold on, broop, here's a bird, throw it into the room. Zzzt. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what an amazing moment that was. That that really got us both, I, I gotta say. Oh yeah. When they were like, uh, we'll just use a trap chicken to figure out what this trap does. Chicken, go! I mean, it's a pigeon, but still, it's a trap chicken. Uh, which, if you don't play D&D, that is a classic thing of just... Oh, there's a room. Let's see if it's trapped. Throw a chicken in there and see if it dies. Yeah, chickens are cheap, so you bring a couple of them with you to every adventure you go on, and then you throw them in rooms and see if they melt or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then uh, they got to go through the things. They, gotta, they unlock the thing. They have to step on the letters that spell Jubilex, but yeah. in Goblin, Jubilex is spelled with an I. <laughs> <laughs> Kneel in the shadow of the penitent man. <laughs> the penitent man kneels! <laughs> yeah. So, uh... So yeah, uh, okay, they they all go through by, they have to jump back, they have to basically do backwards hopscotch through the room, because they're yeah. looking at a mirror, and the rogue doesn't quite make it, because, yeah, they, because the, the hidden mirror thing, the, uh, like the stones around it begin to close, yeah. so that he won't be able to see the path, so he just kind of jumps off at the very end and gets slightly electrocuted. He gets a little electrocuted and knocked unconscious, which is the end of his adventure. Uh, basically... I, I'm a little grumpy at him though because bring a mirror with you. I mean that's that's another thing that you should have in your pack when you're a D and D adventurer. The wizard definitely had room to bring it. She changed changes clothes like five times during this movie, and they don't have packs or horses or anything. Also, the other thing is, he wasn't that far into it when it started to close, which means he could have just gone forward again, rehit the yeah. button that opens it, and then done it. Yeah, that would have been that would have worked just fine. Or he could have just looked in the mirror and made an int check to memorize the pattern. Well, yeah, but he dumped Int. He's a rogue. Yeah, except he's also the smartest guy on the team. He's a trap rogue, so I doubt he really dumped Int. Huh. So, so uh, anyway, bad move on his part. He gets knocked unconscious. They find the pool that they need to find. And they're like, show me Damodar. Survey says. Yeah, <laughs> put Damodar on the big board. <laughs> 
Show me temple! 18 people said temple! 13 said in the butt! <laughs> A place that you would hate to be found? A place that Damodar often is. <laughs> yes! Family feud jokes! <laughs> These are still fresh, right? <laughs> Steve Harvey, am I right? Steve huh? Harvey, sure. Although I'm, I'm always going to stick with that one dude that always wanted to make out with every woman. Oh, yeah. This is like, oh, this is your daughter? Give me a give me a little kiss. Let's get that. Let's give me a little kiss. Give, me, give me a little something for daddy. Head on down south with that kiss, if you, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. I'm going to come around behind the podium real quick here. and <laughs> <laughs> Family feud! No, but anyway. Uh, so they, they she goes and casts their teleport and fucks it up, and her arm is stuck inside of a wall. Also Which the, now the, means that the only people they have to fight Damodar are a fighter and a barbarian. Yeah, and the rogue is starting to wake up from unconsciousness. So he's in the room. He doesn't really do anything. And then Damodar drops the trap from Mousetrap on them. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I mean, that's that's his big plan. They pop in the room. It's a huge room. They pop in and he goes, aha! And he like presses a lever. And a trap that is as big as the fighter and the barbarian falls directly on the fighter and the barbarian. Oh yeah, if they had been standing like... Five feet apart, this wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Because they were shoulder to shoulder standing directly under the big red X or whatever. Yeah. And it's just the trap from Mousetrap. And at the same speed, like it's ratcheting down, like chick, 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 chick. Oh, dunk, dunk. Oh, you guys are in my trap. I caught you in there. And then he kind of monologues at them, but not really. It really feels like Bruce Payne was only in this movie for Bruce Payne scenes and did not, it was not connected. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's just like, well, now you'll see that I'll destroy Ishmir, which is the name of oh, your yeah. kingdom. It, it comes it, up a lot. We're not saying it, but it comes up a lot. Yeah. So, oh, Ishmir will burn, and then you'll then you'll see that I'm 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 important. So, and then man. he points the orb at them to kill him with it. And the wizard, who thank goodness the ring of the ram is on the hand that is not par- stuck in a rock. Uh, she fires a ring of the ram shot at him and knocks him over. And during that time, the fighter takes his sword and cuts the trap open. I was really kind of hoping that that the, the uh, monologue from Damodar at that point would go like, uh, "Oh, I've caught you in my trap. What are you going to do now? Bend bars, lift gates. I'd like to see you do that." But but no, we don't. But basically, he cuts the uh, the trap open, and then uh, Lux the barbarian goes over and cuts his arm off, and and th- they manage a- to uh, get wrecked. They, yeah, they scare him off or something. He leaves. Damodar just leaves the fight. Like, he, later he's gonna get his arm healed oh, back yeah, they, on. Oh yeah, they get the orb and they have the elf teleport them to the temple of Obed-Hai, so, because that's where the best healers are. Right, and so, so they they're take gonna the heal rogue, the rogue and the wizard's and, arm. And they, they ask the wizard if she can teleport them out and she's like, yeah, but I can't go, my arm is stuck in a rock. And the guy's like, alright, I'll cut your arm off. But I'll do it after you cast teleport. Cause it's, it's so weird. It it's makes like no casting sense. the spell. They've already fade out as the sword is swinging down, but they're gone before it hits. And, and then when they appear, he's carrying her and she's got one arm. And a bandage over the one arm. Yeah. So like apparently the, the, the stump. In, in the dimensional space that they traveled through. They all changed position. The rogue woke up and someone put a tourniquet on her. Yep. It, while they were teleporting. Yeah. Also, they don't teleport to the de- to uh, the Temple of Obot High because filming inside of a building costs money. That's a location. So they, they land in a clearing. Yeah, outside of the temple. And yeah. they're like, all right, let's uh, go drop you off with these monks. Yeah, they land in a clearing. That's that's what they get. And the next time we see the wizard, she has her arm back. Yeah. And anyway, at this point, uh, let's see. Uh, so- the, the dumb shit wizard that sucks at everything has... Managed to convince them that you actually do need to set the book on fire. Yes, and then... And so that lets, like, a little thing pop out of it, like... It's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a an invisible... Or an aerial servant. It's a little uh, tornado comes out, and it, yeah. and it goes whipping through the dungeon and takes them to a spot they need to go. Yeah, so they're like, yeah. oh, hey, look, there's a little thing, and it's underneath the keep. Who knew? Right. And then uh, gargoyles attack the, the party... And they, the only two who are still active are the barbarian and the fighter, and they try to ride horses away from it, but they get the barbarian. Well, yeah, they, they're, they fucking go through whatever, and a portal opens up with gargoyles, and the fighter manages to get away while the barbarian fights them. Yeah, she stays behind and, and apparently dies, although we do see her at the end, so we know that yeah, she doesn't get killed she's here. She's fine. She's alright. Uh, the fighter gets away, runs to the town, and then he has to, oh, at the same time, Damodar finally manages to get the dragon to come up out of the ground. And and uh, the dragon is Dracolich, and it is huge, and it is well, terrible no, looking. Before that happens, actually, yeah. is we have okay. to get them to get the orb back. Oh, right, right, because, right, right, right. Yeah. So 
The okay. Lich, the oh, Lich. Hold on. Oh my god. Okay. So they go they go underneath. Right. Let me just do a quick rundown of that. Run through it. Okay, so they go back to the castle. Underneath the castle is a dumb uh room that has a bunch of runes in it. It is the room where fucking the ritual happened where they got the orb in order to fucking do a thing. Uh and then that's when gargoyles attack the actual city. Then they go to check out what's happening, and it turns out that the guy with the orb is actually the Lich in disguise, and he's like, hey everybody, get fucked, turns into a gargoyle himself for no good goddamn reason, yeah. and flies away with the orb, brings it back to Damodar, Damodar's like, hey dragon, wake up, I don't know why I didn't do this like four days ago. Yeah, and then the dragon pops up and he's like, hey, uh, I, if you wouldn't mind, I know you're going to kill the whole world, but... All I ask is that I get to rule it when you're done killing it, as your thrall. And could you please kill Ishmir first? Yeah, and fuck it, those guys. The dragon has a real weird answer. It's like, very well, but a thousand bodies shall be tribute for your tri- for each day that you, to me, are given a day. And it's like, what? What did you just say, dragon? It doesn't matter. I'm just going to go fly around. Whatever. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big, weird, Draco-lich, black dragon, and here we go. I look like ultra shit, and, uh, and it flies around, and... It, and if it's going to destroy the world, it's going to take its time with it. Because it mostly just does a bunch of boring passes over one little tiny walled city. Yeah, let me say, it's the Kingdom of Ishmir, but this is like a tiny little hamlet. Yeah, they should have called it the Hamlet of Ishmir. Because there's like ten buildings here. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's the keep and maybe like a couple shops and... A decanter of endless guards. <laughs> yeah. And just... Spent all of their money on the pyrotechnics of blowing up everything in this town. Yeah. But it still takes him forever to do this. Yeah, he's very slow. He is not going to destroy the world. He is underestimating how fast humans make more humans. So then our dumb wizard who sucks at everything finally does something right and goes, Oh, it was Obed High, and he's the god of nature, and nature opposes dragons for some reason. Nature hates a dragon, and so... (laughs) So she gets, like, leaves, and it turns into a symbol of Obed High. Oh, yeah, she has good berries. She literally casts good berry at one point. And then, uh... Which means she's a mage slash druid. Yeah, no wonder she's terrible at everything. She's, yeah. like, level one in four different classes. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, so, then she gets a new orb. So it's a clear orb instead of the, like, dark orb. Well, so, one might say it's the scepter of good dragon control versus the scepter of evil, evil dragon control. One might say that. Yeah, the only difference is that there's no Jeremy Irons eating all the scenery. <laughs> And there's so much scenery to be eaten. I know. And yet no one eats it. There really isn't any scenery to be eaten. I mean, when they go to fight the dragon on the tower, that tower is CGI. They're standing in a CGI stone tower. Oh, yeah. This How is... hard is it to get a stone tower when you're filming in Lithuania? <laughs> so, uh, so she has the norb. And fucking the fighter runs down Damodar. And in the most pointless oh. fucking scene. Oh, my God. The barbarian. Like, the barbarian's like, I'm gonna fucking kill Damodar. And he's like, no, you can't kill Damodar, because if he dies, he can't lift the curse to unfuck the useless wizard to make her not be undead. And so he's like, we can't do that. And then he runs up, holds his sword to Damodar's neck, and is like, now undo the curse. Damodar, and you're like, you just said you can't kill me. Yeah, Damodar's like, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you, at least hold the sword to my balls. Like, make it look like a thread of pain, because you just said you can't kill me, and you're gonna cut my throat? No, you're not. But instead, Damodar immediately capitulates. He's like, oh, fine. Whatever. It's not like the dragon's not going to eat all of you anyway. And so he, like, lets go of some hair he was holding, and that's the end of that. He has hair, which he has attached to, like, a wind chime. (laughs) Yeah. He's got a wind chime with some hair, and he's like, oh, fine, I'll... I'll let you out of your dumb thing. I, I'll let you. I'll let the warranty expire, and and he does. And then the the. Uh, but still, she's still all undead. The next time you see her, what cures her is true love's kiss or some shit. No, it's just going in the what the light. Go no, on. she has the orb, and she's no longer undead. So the curse breaks, and she turns into a regular human and can actually use the orb. Yeah, and then she uses the orb to kill the big Dracolich by just kind of pointing it at him, blasts him, and he lands in the water. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to be that he's dead. Or if now the orb gave him a new prison, and instead of being in stone, it's in water. Yeah, it looks like he gets swallowed up by an elemental plane or something. He just sort yeah. of, like, the, the, the stuff under the water kind of, there's like CGI of stone unfolding, and then it just sort of closes around him, and that's the end of that. Yeah, and that's the end of that dragon. Then, right. then you get your wrap-up scene in the movie, where uh, he ki- where the, the main ki- Barrett kisses the girl, and you see that everyone but the cleric is actually still alive and doing just fine. Yeah, and they're like, hey, the these monks of Obadai cured us. Yeah, Isn't that great? This one doesn't end the same way the first one ended. There's no, like, oh my god, another adventure. Yeah, it's just, hey, that ended. 
Yeah. All right. Credits. <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah. All right. I wanted to make a couple of, uh, more notes about how this is close to D&D. You mentioned that, that, that there's a point where that aerial servant leads them to a room full of runes. Yeah. The runes are all from RuneQuest. Those, huh. those are the RuneQuest runes. Sweet. I thought that was kind of neat. Even the barbarian has a rune sta- uh, tattooed on her face. That's also from RuneQuest. Mm, mm, mm. That was pretty cool. Sweet. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, otherwise... Let's go ahead and give the final judgments on this bad boy, shall we? Yes, we shall. All well, right. Oh, so, I just I just said what my favorite thing is. Yeah. The, so your favorite thing is the D and D references, then the uh, the the ones that weren't making the movie stupid, but the ones that were just cute asides, like oh, this dragon is a colossal black dragon. I like that sort of thing. Uh, I like that they you know they they caught they got a bunch of stuff right. You know they got a bunch of stuff wrong too. Uh, oh yeah. Well, honestly, every time they did that in the movie, I wanted to be like, this is a colossal black dragon, and then just have him turn to the camera and be like. Wink. Yeah, but you know the runes being from old D and D properties was pretty cool. I thought that was neat. So that was my favorite thing was the the occasional touch of not over the top authenticity. Okay, what was your favorite thing? Uh, favorite thing in this is I'm just gonna go with the rogue. He yeah, was he's pretty great. Yeah, he was a brusque little dirty asshole. He's not a thief either. He's a rogue. And the nice thing is they they. Basically set up that like, oh yeah, this rogue and this barbarian are gonna get it on because they hate each other, but they respect each other. But no, it was just, hey, I owe you a life debt, and he goes, no, shut up. Yeah, there's <laughs> and no, that was it. There yeah, was no further no, relationship. No, shut up, that's enough of that. Which is fine, because he looks like a math teacher, and she looks like they pulled her out of a penthouse shoot to do this movie. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that was great that one of the few things they could have done, of just like, yeah, and we need to make it so that this homely, tiny, weird rogue gets with the hot barbarian. You're like, no. No, no that doesn't happen. He's not even into it. He's no. like, he's like, look, lady, I'm not going to have sex with you because you will rage out and snap my neck. <laughs> so I like that they didn't have to do that. They didn't do a lot of stuff, which is probably going to lead me into my least favorite thing in the movie, which is that they didn't do a lot of stuff. Constantly dropping things. Yeah, there's it so was, many drop plot lines It was in just, this. hey, here's the, the captain of the guard that's replacing you. Completely dropped. Hey, Here's this relationship with someone completely dropped. Hey, here's this magical item that you might need completely dropped. Yeah. And you're just like, fucking follow through on anything, anything at all. That's right. all I want. I did like that certain things showed up more than once. The gem of true seeing shows up more than once. The ring of the ram shows up more than once. So there were some through lines of, you know, magic equipment and so on that stayed useful. In fact, I, just about every magic weapon or item in the game is used more, or in the show is used more than once. Yeah. It's because they were more interested in using magic items than they were in plot, which me, Makes it so it is very much like a D&D so, game. Well, I'm going to say my least favorite thing is they didn't need to have two dragon fights. I know it's Dungeons and Dragons, but people get that that's the... the dragons, plural. That's the last boss. You don't need two of them. What they could have done is take that white dragon fight out and use the money from it to hire some hobgoblins. <laughs> so that they don't go to an empty, obvious village. Yeah, the fact that they kept talking about there's goblin village, there's goblins there, goblins know about this thing, we need to go see these goblins. Goblins, goblins. No goblins. No goblins. There are two tombs that get raided in this movie. One of them's that trap dungeon. The and the other one has Laura Croft in it. Yeah, the other one, yeah, Laura Croft. Yeah. The other one is under the keep. Neither of them has any monsters in it. Because they didn't have a budget for more guys in costumes. So that's what I wanted. I wanted more monsters in this movie than two CGI dragons. There you go. So that was my least favorite. And uh, Alright, so now our ratings for the film. The way we do this is we're each going to give a rating from 1 to 5. Put them together, that's our rating out of 10. You've already given one a 0, so I think we got to say it's from 0 to 5. I haven't given anything a 0 yet, except when we before we started this, yeah. which that doesn't count as a movie. Oh, okay, very good. All right, so th- th- this counted as a movie, then. Yes, this technically is a movie. All right, All right. so, out of 5, your score? Uh, 2. Give it a 2. All right. Better than a 1. It, you know, I was laughing all the way through it. Uh, I've always wondered what a movie would look like that treated D&D seriously and, like, tried to do every... Take all the stupid shit from D&D that wouldn't make a good movie and tried anyway. So I'm giving it the extra point for for going the mile to give me that so I can... Now I know I don't want one of those. Uh-huh. I, this is a great movie to show the world. So people are like, oh, our D&D campaign is the best. You could totally make a show out of it. You show them this and they'd be like, oh, never mind. Never mind. Nope. 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 <laughs> Needs a narrative. Forgot about that. <laughs> it can't just be a series of random encounters. Yep. Gotta have a storyboard. Alright, and uh, for my score on this, mm-hmm. I am also giving it a 2 for the exact same reasons. The entire time I was watching this movie, I was like, oh my god, this is D&D the movie the way that it actually is. Yeah. Like, this isn't just, they're going to remake a D&D movie. That's been announced, and they're essentially saying, hey, you know what we're going to do? It's like Game of Thrones, but with dragons. 
like, Game of Thrones has yeah, dragons. You no, max. but no, but like like and dungeons. It's no, but Game of Thrones has dungeons too. Okay, but it's like it's like Game of Thrones, but with. Uh, wizards, Myst- mystical talking ravens. Okay, okay, hang on, guys. Hold on, wait a minute. All right. Oh, well, it's, it's like gonna be it's a like... movie, so it's gonna be like Game of Thrones, but without tits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. It's, it's gonna be Game of Thrones, but it's a D and D property, which means we have to go for a PG. Yeah. So it's gonna be Game of Thrones without any of the good stuff. <laughs> without any of the reasons you're watching it. It'll be a Game of Thrones, with, but with orcs. Oh, so the Warcraft movie? No, that's for dumb babies. <laughs> wow, is for dumb babies. God damn. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So a four uh, out so of ten. Four, four out of ten for That's this. The one. highest rating we've given so far, <laughs> and it goes to D D Wrath of the Dragon God, which oh my God, why? All right. Uh, we should send a special thanks out to the person who suggested yeah, Wrath of the Dragon. Yeah. Uh, we did get this uh, in from one of our listeners. Oh, gosh, I forgot who it was. I want to say it's Carl. It's Carl. I wanted to say it's Carl, and I did. It's Carl. He also sent us the Great War of Magellan. Thank you, Carl. Thank you very much. If you want to send us a movie that you want us to watch, go ahead and let us know. You can email us at systemmastery at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at systemmastery on Twitter, and you can also just leave a message on our Facebook page, System Mastery on Facebook. Let it be known that this was sent to us as a physical DVD copy. Uh, if you do that, it gets two lines in the big rolling dice number. Yeah, so if you actually send us something, we're gonna try and wait towards that. Yeah, there's another one that's waited towards at the moment. It is a movie called Goth. Ugh. It's just called Goth. It's just, it's just Goth. It's just Goth. It's just two brothers. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so if you want to do that, let us know. You can also tell us if you want that. We can, uh, in emails, let you know where you can mail anything that you want to send to us. If we turn down a movie, it's only because we've both seen it. Yeah, if we've both seen the movie, we probably won't do it. Uh, and so we will see you next time on Movie Mastery. We will randomly roll a new one. Uh, if you want, you can check out our other podcasts. We've got System Mastery and Afterthought, and it is our two-year anniversary for System System Mastery. Mastery. So, uh, you can go check us out on there if you want, and, uh, go ahead and tell us good job on being some idiots. Yeah, which is what we do. We yeah. have two years of experience and being total dipshits. <laughs> Why not throw us a dollar? Yeah, so go to our Patreon. You can help support us. And until next time, have a great week. 